Greetings, this is Jim, and I have been terribly distracted lately. There have been a lot of changes going on in my life, and as a result, I haven't had a chance to attend the podcasting quite as much as I would like. I am trying to get back into it now, and we'll see what happens. The thing that has been occupying my attention a lot lately is Twitch. So much so that, in fact, as I'm recording this, I am also streaming. It's kind of a motivational thing. We'll see how this goes. I don't know if I'd be doing this recording now if I were not also streaming it. It's gotten kind of that weird. But let's see if we can sort of encapsulate this whole thing and talk about what's going on with the whole Twitch streaming thing, for me anyway, just on a personal level and kind of go from there. So this started for me a number of months ago as of this recording, so I want to say early summer of 2018. I had been aware of the whole Twitch thing for quite a while. Apparently I first made my account on Twitch something like 10 months ago, according to the records that it's showing me. I'm not sure what it was that I made the account to watch or participate in, but there it is. I do know that at some point, a couple of things were going on. Mighty Cook Games started streaming some of its games that I was interested in looking into, and so that was part of it. Actually, I'd already pledged on the games in question, but in this case, Invisible Sun was the thing that they were primarily doing. Then also, they were starting to stream other stuff, because the wonderful and talented Darcy Ross had gotten involved, and as a result, they were starting to use Twitch, pretty much, a lot more than they had before, and things were really starting to pick up. It was fascinating just kind of interacting on that level, because I do the Cyphercast, and so I know sort of some of the people. So then diving in and participating in a conversation while watching a game that Mati Cook is running with other members of the MCG staff, and then having them also in the chat at the same time, it was very interesting and engaging, and I kind of saw how things were going. Then we had Darcy on the podcast, and we interviewed her, and that was also a thing where my interest sort of grew with it, because we also talked about the Twitch phenomenon and how it's very unlike that which has come before in many ways and is an interesting way to engage with an audience. So that was part of what had sparked my interest. Other things being that actually also on the Cyphercast, one of our cast members, Danny, had started streaming. She had been participating in, I think, a number of streams for a while. She started talking about it, and I sort of went in and checked it out, and I thought it was cool getting to see all that happening. I also have a friend, Michael Carlucci, who streams as Luchidono. He streams his video games that he plays. And I would sometimes pop in and look in on that. And I started to get a little bit of a picture of how the whole thing worked, and it got very fascinating. In particular, the turning point for me was watching a Cypher System stream put together by a fellow named Grant Ellis. He did it on a channel called Off the Table, and that really is the thing that got me. I don't think I could have had a better recruitment than that stream because it was very entertaining. He did a number of things that took advantage of the medium, and I could see really the potential in what was going on. So that combined with everything else, I don't know exactly the timeline. I've forgotten exactly when each thing happened, but it was all of these things going on at the same time that made me want to look into it more and see about actually doing it. 
It also didn't hurt that I had a lot of gaming-related side projects that had never seen the light of day, and other just sort of impulses I had to want to get back to PC gaming, and different tabletop RPGs that I wanted to try out, or at the very least run for folks, or bring to more people, and I felt that streaming would be a good excuse to do that, and also to try to help with networking a bit, if nothing else. So I ended up Finally, after, I want to say, a month or two of getting addicted to other people's streams and studying other people's streams and seeing what other folks do and looking up the software and looking up videos of people using the software and figuring out how all that works... After all that, I finally decided I'd give it a try. I started with something simple, just a little video game stream of Thimbleweed Park. A lovely throwback adventure game that sort of goes back to the old Lucasfilm, LucasArts days. And I was able to get that to work, and I thought it was pretty cool. And I had already by that time begun planning in my head kind of what I wanted to do RPG-wise, but doing the video game stream got me to the point where I realized I could do pretty much whatever I wanted and actually stream it, well, within reason. And uh, so I went ahead and I did that. I started doing one-shots. I started with Inspectors, which was, I think, probably the easiest one to start with. I chose that deliberately because it's very much a lazy GM's dream. You just present a starting scenario and then the players build everything else. It's kind of awesome that way. Different GMs have different styles of running it and interjecting different things and what have you. So I started doing that and I've been streaming since late July, pretty much practically the end of July and early August. So it's pretty cool. I'm probably thoroughly addicted to it. But I think it's probably helpful to me in many ways, both psychologically and also to a certain extent business-wise. I've got things that I'm going to be doing that it would be helpful to have an audience base for, so that also makes sense. So it's kind of part that, part excuse to have fun, part excuse to act silly in public, which also goes with my theater instincts. That actually is kind of a thing. It's a lovely synthesis of the whole theatrical thing and the gaming thing, and to a certain extent, a little bit of what I learned in broadcasting school, because having been in a TV studio helps a little bit when you're using OBS, which is the program that a lot of folks use when they're streaming to capture their screens and what have you. So it's very cool because it is sort of a combination of a lot of different things that I like. So it's it's very neat in that way, and I'm thinking it'll also hopefully help me as far as the business side of things goes. I'm primarily a writer, but we'll see how things interconnect. No two careers are identical, so I'm just basically doing what I've always done, trying things out and seeing what happens. But one interesting aspect that I've kind of hinted on, without it going out to the public, if I'm just sitting and playing a PC game, then I'm not going to be on while I'm doing it necessarily. I'm not going to be thinking about talking and trying to keep the audience's interest. Similarly, when I'm playing a tabletop RPG, I'm only thinking about holding the interest of the players. I'm only thinking about them specifically as far as that whole thing goes, and what will sound to them as though a thing with which they can interact, that kind of thing. 
And so I'm paying attention to them, but at the same time, I'm paying attention to how I'm saying and doing things because I want to try to be at least somewhat entertaining when I'm jamming something. At least that's the plan. So the interesting thing here is that that all goes up an octave when I'm doing these things via Twitch. Like I said, while playing computer games, I feel like it's very helpful. And also, according to articles I've read and a number of sources I've looked at and videos I've seen, it is in fact helpful to be talking and engaging the folks in chat and basically doing what you can to keep the audience interested. And so that is the thing with which I am not unfamiliar, coming up in the theater as I did. So that's something that happens. Engaging that part of my brain whilst playing was an interesting adjustment. And I'm sure I'm not quite even there yet as far as getting a technique down or what have you, but it's been getting easier. But there is that performance aspect. And then while running a game, the fact that in addition to the players, there's also an audience, either at the time of streaming or later on, if they go back and watch the video, the VOD, the video on demand on Twitch, or the video after I've posted it to YouTube, having that does raise it another octave. It makes it so that... I feel like I'm on, basically. It's like going on stage. So basically that kind of ensures to an extent that the players are getting the entertainer version of me. (laughs) Which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. That's debatable. But it's basically that same part of myself that uh, becomes active when I go to open mic nights and read monologues or what have you, or when I go on stage, which has not happened for a long time, but I suppose could happen at some point in the future, once more, but that kind of thing. And I hope it enhances things for the players, and I hope in turn the things that I try to do to engage the players are also interesting to the audience. Another interesting thing is that there are aspects just technically about how this whole thing works that makes it easier for me to run games. When I'm running games for folks, and I think this also happens in a lot of streams, I think the players pay more attention than they normally would. The fact that there's potentially an audience out there that is watching immediately and can send messages to us is quite cool. It's quite cool. And also... It's not just to do with the fact that there's an audience. I think it is also to do with the fact that they're all sitting there at home at their computers. So they all want to be there and there's not really much else they can wander off and do and also still be present at the game. When you're playing a game at home with folks or in a game store or whatever, if you're around a table, it's easy to ignore what's going on. You can sit there and go on your phone. You can get up, walk into the kitchen, grab food. If you're in a game store, you can get up and start browsing, you know, that sort of thing. Plenty of things can distract you. And I'm not saying that things can't distract you if you're playing a game online, but there is more engagement there, I think, than there is around the table. It's it's not a huge difference, but it, there is a difference that I've noticed because they're there at their screens. And yeah, they can easily have another window open where they're browsing through various websites or reading webcomics. Whatever it is folks do these days or playing a game in another window, I don't know. But they don't seem to lose as much as folks tend to when they're playing with you live and not paying attention. If we're streaming and they're not paying attention or even if it's over like a Google Hangouts and they're not so much paying attention, I think it's probably easier for them to catch up because at least they were in the vicinity of everything 
that was going on a little more closely. Another thing that I find kind of cool is that when I am running games for other people over Twitch, we use the Zoom video conferencing app, and then we broadcast again to Twitch using OBS. Or at least that's what I use. There are many different ways of doing it. But it occurred to me after the first time I ran a game, that first game of Inspectors that I was streaming, that I realized that because of the way that I had set up the overlay, I had put everyone's characters in, and I had the program OBS in front of me that showed me the overlay as we were going. So instead of looking at the window for the Zoom video conference, I was looking directly at OBS, and I saw their characters' names. And so for possibly the first time in my life as I was running a game, I was able to get through it and actually be on the ball as far as the different characters' names went. And the, the only other time I can think that I had been that on the ball with it previously, I think, had to do with visual aids or other games that uh, were not necessarily streamed but were played online. But this time I would just look down and there's the name. I kept getting that constant reminder of what the character name was. And so that was helpful, not only for the whole immersion thing, but also for just keeping everything going. Because I'm not sitting there going, and he says, what's your name again? So it was very helpful for that. Having NPCs address people, it's helpful if you address them by their names. Something else I noticed that has been happening from time to time as I've been running these games, and I'm not entirely sure what it is that is going on. It's a slightly weird thing. I've always had issues with describing things. I've always been more of a character and dialogue person. That's really been sort of my main thing. And, uh, you know, I sort of approach the whole thing as kind of, you know, as an actor would. But actually being there helps me to describe things, I think. And I'm not entirely sure how it's happening, but... I've gone back and I've watched a number of these videos, and sometimes what happens, and this is whether I'm playing or I'm running, in that situation, I feel like it's easier to describe a scene or it's easier to describe things in terms of just visually what's going on with a character, and I don't know exactly why that is. I suspect it has to do with the heightened level of engagement. I'm not completely sure. I think that something that was going on when I was running Inspectors, and this was when I first noticed it, there was this kind of thing that happened that I felt like I was able to more easily see things from the different characters' perspectives, the different PCs. And I mean, that's something that I think a GM should try to do, obviously. A GM should be looking at what the different PCs are doing and try to describe things that they'd be able to interpret as their PCs. It felt kind of as though I was seeing things from their characters' perspectives a little bit. It is weird. It's kind of hard to explain properly. It's a very strange thing that was going on. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Because I have never been good at describing things, I think, in my opinion, as I'm running a game. Yet somehow, like I said, during Inspectors, it's this weird sort of, one might almost say, this actory thing that happens when you sort of try to inhabit a character. And I was trying to do that a little bit with the player's characters, obviously without trying to take away agency. Not saying, you do this thing. But more just sitting back and trying to explain things in terms of just a natural flow that goes from their actions to the scene and back again. So you can see what's happening with the one character and then a thing happens and then you can then throw it to the next character, whoever's turn it is. Maybe there is something about streaming in this way that encourages more of a turn-taking situation than a free-for-all situation. There may be something about the technology where as folks are talking 
talking, I have noticed it seems as though on the stream, when I'm playing these streamed games, people don't talk over each other as much as they would if we were all sitting around a table. And I don't know if that's just the people I've been playing with, or if it's more to do with the fact that they're all aware that this is being broadcast and they want to make sure everybody can hear what they're saying, and there's a microphone in front of them or coming out of their headset, and they're aware of that, or certain technological limitations are in place where you can't necessarily hear everything that's going on if you're talking at the same time, at least not nearly as well as you'd be able to if you were in the same room with them. So I think it could be something like that. But whatever it is, that was something I did find kind of interesting. I was just sort of able to flow from description to description, from each character's perspective to each other character's perspective. It's happened a few times, and it excites me because that's a nut I have not been able to crack for 30 some odd years, shall we say? Running tabletop games? (laughs) (laughs) It's in that neighborhood anyway. But it's very cool, and so I like that a lot. Also, as part of audience engagement, I try to create interesting overlays. I was talking to someone about this recently, and I think they were taken aback a little bit because this is not their experience, but I seem to enjoy using the software known as GIMP an open source graphic editor, just an art tool that is very much like Photoshop in that it has a lot of the same sorts of features. It's not necessarily like a clone of Photoshop or anything like that, but it's very cool. It allows me to do a number of different things. There is a learning curve, I will admit. It's not the easiest software to deal with, but it's something I enjoy using, I've found, which I guess is unusual because it is such a pain, I think, for so many people to try to get it working and find all the little things about it. Every time you want to figure out how to do a thing with it, you have to go and look it up online because it's not necessarily in the most intuitive place in the interface. Or for someone just learning how to use it, who's not used to that kind of thing, who's not a career artist or anything like that, it's kind of one of those things. So that's very interesting to me and has been. It's actually kind of a chill thing for me. It's kind of relaxing for me to go in and create an overlay. I enjoy it. So that, I think, helps as well. And my understanding is that overlays also help to engage the audience. For those who may not be familiar, overlays are something you throw up on the screen and put people's video feeds behind so that it looks like they're in a painting, perhaps, or just looking through windows in a thing that you've drawn. It's a graphic. It's basically a graphic that you would put on, kind of like one would do on TV if you have people in different windows, like on a news show. With RPGs, of course, there's plenty of encouragement to get creative with it. It allows me to flex creative muscles that I don't normally get to flex, and so I enjoy that quite a bit. So that's been very cool. It is an interesting thing, I think, just having the people playing a game in chat when you're streaming something, when you're streaming a game, because that level of engagement is there. I don't think that level of engagement is necessarily quite there with shows that get very popular, because they can't possibly keep up with everything that's going on. I've seen some shows that are pretty popular and they try to respond while things are going on. Sometimes they'll respond on camera. They'll actually say something. It's like, oh, someone in chat just said this. Some shows will have a producer sitting there. If they've thrown a lot of money, and a lot of these shows out in California, sort of in the L.A. area, are doing that because they have access to more studio-type resources. So as a result, they, of course, are trying to capitalize on that. So they've got really good production quality, but at the same time, they can't pay as much attention to the people watching 
and chatting with them as someone who's not necessarily working with those same tools or working with that wider reach necessarily. Obviously, if you don't have as many people that you're having to worry about, then that's a factor. But also, you have a situation where I think if you're sitting around a table and you're shooting that and streaming that, everyone's in the same place. You have maybe multiple cameras even. Oh, you probably have multiple cameras for that setup. You might even have a camera crew if it's something like the Critical Role show or what have you. That's going out and none of the people who are sitting there are going to be able to really respond to stuff that's going on in the chat. I think to some extent, let's say, if there's a producer who's there in the chat, that can help, but it's not nearly as much as if the players are in there. And I think that actually is an example of something that I have not seen before, and that is a case in which the more independent folks, or just folks who don't have as wide a following or as much in terms of broadcasting resources, do have an edge, because they can reach, I think, a slightly higher level of audience engagement. And that's very interesting. And this is just something that I still haven't studied deeply enough, I think. It's just what I've observed thus far, and so it is very interesting. It does mean that there really is an opportunity, on Twitch in particular, to really engage with people and to find an audience, and so that's something that I think is really cool. In a way, it kind of democratizes the whole thing. To an extent. And then, of course, you've got some shows where they'll have the cameras there on folks, and they will have players who have access to chat. They've got their laptops in front of them, and they go back and forth, and some of them will mention things that folks say on stream. So this is a thing where your mileage may vary. Some shows are better at it than others, but it is a very cool sort of phenomenon to see, and I think it's going to be very interesting to watch as these things continue to develop. A funny thing for me is that these streams in some ways have replaced television for me. (laughs) I haven't watched TV for years on a regular basis. I've just binge-watched. I haven't actually watched stuff as it's happening for... It's been possibly over a decade now, actually, that things have been that way for me. For various life reasons. Not a judgment thing or anything like that. As far as I'm concerned, it's just really more just a case in which I didn't really have time to devote at that point to sitting down and watching at a regular time. Now, though, folks are streaming at regular times, and you don't want to miss it because, again, of this higher level of engagement. As an audience member, it's really cool. So this is something that I think is interesting just because I kind of thought we were drifting away from the whole TV model, but now we seem to be headed back to it. Now you can talk back to the TV and the TV will hear you. That's basically what's happening now. And I think it's really cool. I think I've done quite enough rambling at this point, so I'm going to finish up here. Another thing that I should mention that's very exciting to me is I have just released a short story on Amazon. It's called Titanic Jocularity. It's a story that's sort of a Munchausen pastiche. If you like stories about Restoration-era nobles flying through space in wooden ships and getting into contests around the moons of Saturn, then this story might be for you. It's a very silly story. It's something I did as a sort of a palate cleanser. I did it as a way to just sort of throw something out there and try to navigate the system at Amazon, and it's now available on Kindle. So definitely feel free to go and check that out. If you have Kindle Unlimited, it's free right now. If you want to purchase it, it's a buck. And something like 1,500 words, if I recall correctly. It's just an amusing little thing. So if you like that kind of thing and want to see my writing, then please go check it out because I am very excited to have it out. And I think it's awesome that finally, finally, I am starting to do things that I've been trying to do for ages, it seems. 
I'm going to try to podcast a wee bit more consistently than I did before. Right now, I'm thinking that this show, Jim Yes That Jim, is going to happen hopefully on roughly a monthly basis. We'll start there. We'll see how that goes. I'll see if I'm able to maintain motivation by streaming whilst recording. This seems to have worked out, so we'll see how things go. I have rambled for much longer than I normally do, though, so that's possibly a side effect. Or it could just be that it's been a while. I don't know, but it's a very new, strange, and interesting era that I have in front of me, and hopefully I can continue to cling on to this odd roller coaster as it continues up and down previously untraveled peaks and valleys. But I think I've said more than enough at this point, so take care, folks, and I will see you all of a sudden.